Welcome to Baby Snugs and Coffee Mugs. I'm Krista. And I'm Kelsey. We're both labor and delivery nurses from Minnesota. In this podcast, we'll be covering all things pregnancy, delivering in the hospital, and caring for yourself and baby postpartum. This podcast is meant for educational and entertainment purposes only, so please seek medical advice from your healthcare provider. We are so excited for you to join us, so grab your coffee, snuggle up, and keep on listening. Cheers! Cheers! Welcome back, everybody, to episode six of Snugs and Mugs. Welcome back. This week, we are going to touch on pain management and your options directed towards our facility, of course. Yes. So we are going to go through um, three medicated options for you guys for pain management during labor. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to just start it off with those epidurals because they seem to be super common. They are definitely the most common form of medicated pain management used in labor. Yep. And I believe Krista's had three. I have had three guys and I am biased, but I love them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's just start off with what is an epidural? You Mm -hmm. are coming in. I want an epidural. What does that mean? Mm -hmm. Um, So of course, anesthesiologists do it at our facility. Um, I think other facilities, CRNAs are able to do it. Um, But typically you are sitting up for it. They are going to place a needle, yes, a needle, into your spine. It goes into your epidural space, though, not into your spine if we're going technical. So it's not hitting any nerves, guys. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Then there will be a medication placed just to make sure that it's in the right spot. That needle's going to actually come out, guys. So the needle's not staying in, but it is going to be a little tube straw, like kind of like an IV if you've had those before. I always like, I like to show my patients afterwards, but it's like a flexible tube, guys. So it's not like a hard straw. Like I could like wrap this tube around my finger. Yeah, exactly. Super flexible, flimsy, meant to go in that space. Does a lot of good things. Sure does. (laughs) Um, so that epidural gets placed in the right spot, um, a medication is going to be hooked up to it continuously. So medication will flow through, um, up until having baby. So we're going to kind of break things down for you guys a little bit. So first things first is when should I get my epidural, right? question. Everybody asks that. Everybody asks that. Everyone is nervous to miss it. Everyone's nervous to get it too soon. It's just a huge, huge question we get all the time. Um, So typically the ideal time to get an epidural is you are in active labor. So active labor to a healthcare provider means that you are having painful contractions and cervical change, okay? You can still be in labor and not have those things happen yet, guys, okay? So don't get kind of stuck on the cervical change thing yet because you can be in excruciating pain and your cervix has not changed yet. So that is just what we go by, Um but you want to be painful, right? You don't want to be too early on um, to get that epidural, I think. Um, these are our opinions, guys. <laughs> yeah, I typically tell a patient because they everybody asks. It's just a known thing. Um, some people come in like, nope, I'm getting it now. Mm-hmm. Some people are like, nope, I'm waiting till the last possible minute. If you're really uneasy about it, the one thing I do like to say you want to be painful enough that you are distracted by your contraction pain for that epidural placement. Yes. One thing I did not mention is they will numb you up with lidocaine before placing that needle. So that's probably good to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be painful. It's a mm-hmm. pinch and a burn. Um, so if your contraction is like, nope, that's not going to be so bad, that's probably a good time. 
But yeah. keep in mind, you have to be able to sit still through that epidural. Yeah. So if you are in so much pain, guys, that you are crappy flopping all over the bed, <laughs> this is me showing my northern Minnesotaness, right? Um, you are not going to, they can't place it. You have to be able to stay still for the time that that needle is in your back and be able to control yourself enough. Um, but like Kelsey said, it is good to be in pain so it distracts you. Like personally, um, I waited till I was uncomfortable enough so that when they numbed my back, like they did it with a contraction. And I was so distracted by contraction that I didn't really feel the numbing. Like I did, but like it was worth it at that time, guys. So yeah, um, I think kind of finding that sweet spot is my personal best option. But again, everyone's a little differently. I'm glad you can attest to what I suggest. <laughs> I, I, I really like that. So um, okay, so say we're in active labor, we decide we want to get our epidural. Um, so we're going to sit on the edge of the bed. Um, you kind of have to like slump over in like, a, I don't know, slouchy position as much as you can with a big baby in front of you. Yep. That cat cow position from yoga, if you guys are familiar yeah, with it, you exactly. are catting out that back. So you push out your lower back. Um, the anesthesiologist will be in the room to place it. They are going to discuss things with you guys. They are going to talk to you about what the epidural is. They're going to talk to you about risks. They're going to discuss all of the epidural factors before they start, okay? So you're going to get educated. You are going to sign a consent form saying, yes, this anesthesiologist did talk to me, um, and then you're able to move forward. So you're not going to go in blind. You're not going to not know what's going on. Um, and if you have questions, that's the time to do it. Yep, exactly. Uh, yeah, so we're sitting on the edge of the bed. Um, at our facility, we will have you hooked up to a continuous pulse oximeter, um, and that will stay on until the epidural is shut off. Yep, that is looking at your oxygen levels and your pulse. The exactly. anesthesiologist wants to know both of those answers, and we want to know it continuously while that infusion is mm -hmm. going. So we get it placed. They tape you all up. First thing that we're going to do is we're going to lay you pretty flat in the bed. Um, there is a reason why we do this because obviously this is super uncomfortable for any pregnant woman to lay flat on their back. Um, but the medication in that epidural space uses gravity. So if we lay you flat on the back um, while it is setting up, ideally that medication is dispersing to your left and right side evenly and you get even coverage to start. Okay, that's the goal of that. Um, we're going to be checking your blood pressure. We, again, like I said, are going to watch your oxygen and your heart rate. And then we're going to watch your movement of your legs. So typically you just kind of get this warm feeling first. Some people get it in their butt and then it kind of trickles down their legs and all of a sudden your legs are tingly and or numb. Um, you should be able to wiggle your toes. Sometimes you think you're not wiggling your toes and you are wiggling your toes. So that's the nurse's job to kind of pay attention to that for yep. you guys. And sometimes you think you can lift that leg straight up and you absolutely cannot. <laughs> it just flops right <laughs> off does. the bed. Right, Kelsey? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would say an ideal epidural, guys. Okay, so this is if things are just perfect, which obviously doesn't always happen. Um, but you are going to be nice and numb. You don't feel your contraction pain anymore. Um, you can move your legs, wiggle your toes, and you can feel pressure. Um, so there is a difference between a sharp pain of a contraction and feeling pressure. So with that being said, pressure can still be painful to some people, um, but you want to feel pressure in order to help push when it's time to push the baby out. Yeah, so when we're talking pressure, some people can feel like abdominal pressure, but mainly you're feeling it vaginally and rectally. Mm -hmm. So again, 
that can be a painful sensation to some people, um, but it is unfortunately a normal sensation with an epidural. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have you flat. We get your epidural kind of set up. Um, We are going to be monitoring your blood pressure super often. Um, One of the risks, which they will talk to you guys about, is the risk of your blood pressure dropping. This this is so common, you guys. I tell every single one of my patients, um, so we'll kind of explain this to you. Your blood pressure dropping is going to make you not feel good. You are going to feel lightheaded, dizzy, like you want to pass out. If I'm remembering right, Krista experienced this herself. Oh, yeah. So... With my first one, I finally got my epidural and like I had never experienced labor before, guys. Like, okay, and I am a giant whip as I've talked about, right? <laughs> I'm just, I can't do pain. It's not my thing. Um, so I get my epidural and I'm kind of sitting there and I'm like finally relaxing and I can just feel myself sinking into the bed and my mom goes, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And she goes, oh, you look a little pale. And I'm like, mm, no, I feel fine. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, no, I'm not fine. I think I'm passing out. <laughs> and so um, the nurse taking care of me was one of my friends. And we had not been friends for that long yet. So, of course, she was like, oh, my gosh, Krista, why didn't you tell me? <laughs> and so, yeah, so my blood pressure tanked, guys. Okay. So because this is a common thing that happens, we have medication in the room readily available to give when this occurs. Yep. So we are checking your blood pressures constantly. Um, However, so Krista, not only did her mom see her symptoms, but she felt them before we saw the blood pressure actually go low. Yep. So if you are starting to feel those, let your nurse know we are at bedside for a fairly significant time after Mm -hmm. you get your epidural placed because of this happening. Um, So just let them know. Yep. The first thing we're going to do is check that blood pressure. If it's low, we are giving you that medication. It yeah. works fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a couple doses, and that's normal, too. Yep. It's just not a fun feeling for you, and it's kind of scary, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's definitely, like, I don't know. You just feel yourself, like, kind of tunnel vision, yeah. and, like, yeah, no one Nobody likes the feeling. Nobody wants to pass out. No. Again, I think that risk is worth it for me, but that is something to keep in mind if you don't think that that is something that you would want to experience and contractions are okay with you because everyone's different. And then, so going off of your blood pressure dropping, um, if you don't feel good, your baby probably doesn't feel good either. No. So we are watching baby on the monitor continuously with your epidural. That is no, like, that is not an option. It is what's Mm -hmm. happening. Yep. Um, so if baby starts to not like something, um, we are going to start turning you. We're going to do other things. Um, Mm -hmm. just have that in the back of your mind because that can also be kind of a scary step, but we're just trying to get you feeling better so baby can feel better. Right, exactly. And because obviously your blood flow is going to your placenta and to your baby, if your blood pressure is dropping, that means that amount of blood going to the baby is slowing down because that pressure is lowered, guys, okay? So it's not like the medication itself is affecting the baby, it is affecting you and you are affecting the baby, if that kind of makes sense Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Um, Okay, so now we are, let's say we're comfortable, right? Um, moving, okay? So you can't get out of bed. An epidural will give you pain relief, but it also numbs you. So getting up and walking to the bathroom is no longer an option. <laughs> so we have a nice little friend called a Foley catheter um, that I will wait until my patients are numbed up if that occurs. Again, sometimes it doesn't, but I wait till they're nice and numb. I put that Foley in um, and that will drain your bladder to keep it out of the way and make sure that you don't get over inflated in your um, 
and bladder while you're in labor. Yep. And just to touch on it, because I have heard facilities doing different things, our facility specifically, we leave that catheter in the entire time. I have heard that some facilities will just straight cath, which means Mm. that they will catheterize you every couple of hours to keep your bladder drained. Um, so I just don't want you to be listening to this and being like, ah, that is not what Snugs and Mugs said was going to be happening. (laughs) You guys led me wrong. (laughs) Don't listen to us really, guys, right? Talk to your healthcare (laughs) provider. Always talk to your healthcare provider and find out what your facility does. Um, so with that being said, you guys have a lot of things hooked up to you right now, okay? So we talked about, um, the fact that you have the epidural connected to you. You're going to have monitors for the baby. You're going to have an IV because you're in labor and all labor patients have an IV in at our facility. Um, and now you have a Foley in, you have that pulse oximeter. That's, so you have all these cords that are connected to you. Um, you are now a robot. You, yeah, you basically are a robot. So once you are delivered and recovered, all those things come off guys. But for now, just prepare yourself to have a lot of cords kind of attached and coming out of you. (laughs) Yeah. And you'll be so excited the second one can come off one by one. (laughs) Exactly. Um, so the epidural does have a continuous infusion going in. I think, um, a pretty common thing that people think is that it's gonna wear off. Like you get a shot basically. I think people think that sometimes you get a shot. Yeah, I agree. And I probably did not, I don't even know what I thought before I had this job. I probably thought that. I I honestly don't remember, but, um, there is a continuous medication going in, um, and we have a bag of fluid, basically like an IV bag that would be hanging there, but it's going into your epidural space. Um, and then you get a bolus button. So there are different reasons why you could start feeling more pain after your pain has been controlled by the epidural, but we do have a bolus button given to you guys that is only controlled by you, um, that you can press that will give you an extra bump of medication to kind of get you through that increased pain. Yep. So I always tell people, you know, even if you do feel like you're starting to kind of feel contractions come back, just go ahead and push that button. Stay Mm -hmm. on top of it. It's going to be easier to get it under control. Yeah. And sometimes you get what the staff or the doctor or the nurse might call a hot spot. Um, So I actually had had that with one of my three labors. Um, Again, my first one. (laughs) Um, So basically what had happened is I dilated really fast and I was laying on my one side for too long And I could like feel pain just in one small localized spot, guys. Okay, so that's called a hot spot. Um, So my nurse was able to move me over to that side. I hit my button and it covered my pain and it was gone. Yeah, so the nice thing about um, the epidurals, again, we've talked about this. It is very much like um, controlled with gravity. Mm -hmm. So that is the nice thing is if you start to feel something on one side, we are automatically going to that side Mm -hmm. and having you push that button. Yep. And because you are numb and because of the medication working by gravity, we will be repositioning you frequently, Mm -hmm. um, for that reason. And also it does put pressure on different areas of your cervix, helps you with dilation, um, helps baby's head maneuver into the pelvis, engage into the birth canal, Um, so you're not going to just be like laying there in the bed after an epidural. I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to just be stuck in bed and you are stuck in bed, but we can reposition you as frequently as you want, or sometimes as frequently as the baby is telling us it needs to be repositioned. Be prepared to be a gymnast. (laughs) Yes. And you are trickier than you think you are, let me tell you. Um, so when it comes to your legs being numb, guys, everyone kind of feels things differently. Like we kind of talked about, you think you're wiggling, you're not wiggling your toes and you are. Some people get tingly legs, some people get kind of somewhat numb legs, and some people, they're just completely dead. This is such a good point because I have actually had so many people that they're like, well, my legs aren't 
um, tingling anymore. Like the epidural's wearing off. And I'm like, but are you feeling your contractions? They're like, well, no. So your epidural's not wearing off. It is focused on that spot that it needs to be focused right. on. So, you know, don't listen to your friends. Well, my, I couldn't move my legs. It's okay if you can. Yeah. Remember, everybody is different. Everyone feels things differently. Yeah. So just because your friend could feel, could not feel their legs and you could focus on the contraction pain itself. Yep. Um, so, um, this epidural is going to stay running. It's going to stay in place until after you have the baby and after you have a repair. So a repair is after you birth the baby, most women tear, especially if it's their first kid. Um, and the provider is going to go in and stitch your tear up. Okay. So that is the repair. So we're going to keep that on so that you don't have to feel that while that is happening. Yep. You should still be nice and numb down there. And I feel like most people are. Mm-hmm. I feel like I if agree. you're, if your epidural is giving you pain relief while you're in labor, most women are fine through the repair. Yep. And if not, there are options that we will do for you. Exactly. So that is not. Okay. Yep. Um, so that's kind of like the epidural scenario. Um, after you're kind of recovered, we are going to take that epidural out. Everybody hates the tape coming off their back. You get a free wax with us, guys. <laughs> no. it, it's lovely that it holds it in place when you need it. But when we are ripping your back hairs off one by one slowly, As nobody likes it. you've been laying on it and it is sweaty and <laughs> sticky to you. Nobody likes it. So that's kind of like the end of the epidural. So Um, We just have some common questions that we get that we kind of wanted to talk with you guys. So um, one of the super common questions I get is, is it going to slow down my labor? Super common. The answer is, it is so hard to tell you. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So there are statistics out there. I, the uh, provider that we work with and a couple anesthesiologists, I've heard them say multiple times that there is some statistic out there saying that overall it slows it down by 30 minutes. Okay, us as nurses at bedside, just what we witness. Was this how your labor was going to go anyways? Yeah. Whether you got an epidural or not. It's so hard to say. It definitely is. Um, I tell people, if you are painful and an epidural is your goal, get your epidural. Exactly. Um, I have noticed that if people get an epidural in what we call early labor, it can space out your contractions. Good point. Um, so we kind of touched on active labor earlier on, I guess, in this episode. Um, so if you're a little bit earlier on in your labor and you're not quite dilating much yet, but you're still in a lot of pain, I have seen your contractions space out, okay? That has happened before. Um, sometimes they just pick back up after an hour or two of spacing out and then get stronger on their own. Sometimes you need medication to help. It just kind of depends on your um, your scenario that's going on. Um, but overall, does it slow down labor? It's really hard to say. What I think it can affect is pushing. Yeah, absolutely. You sometimes cannot feel what you're doing. Right. So imagine, guys, you're sitting there on the toilet going to the bathroom and you can't feel anything. Okay. So how are you going to push? Right. So like you don't know that sensation. You can't feel anything. Like where do I push towards? Like what am I, what am I doing? So that's literally the same thing. You use the same muscles when you push a baby out as when you're going to the bathroom. Um, So if everything is nice and numb down there, which you want it to be, um, when you go to push, sometimes it takes a little bit for you to get used to where to do, to direct your pressure and your energy. I think that's what I said. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. So some people might end up pushing it a a little longer than if they didn't have an epidural um, because your body would just tell you. I agree with that completely. I've also had people unmedicated push for a couple hours as well. Yep. Um, So definitely, again, it's so much body dependent, um, but definitely what Krista's saying, it just takes some time to get those good pushes in sometimes Mm -hmm. with the epidural. And that's okay. Yeah. We're there to direct you. Again, as we see, everyone is different. I have had a first-time mom, one of my best friends. I was there to help deliver her baby, and she pushed for nine minutes with an epidural. First kid. so Good for her. It just happens, guys. <laughs> and like Kelsey said, we've had unmedicated people push for two-plus hours. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's just what your labor was supposed to be. Exactly. Um, another question we get is, is the epi- epidural going to wear off or stop working or not work at all? Yep, I would agree as well. Um, it is a super common question almost every day. My like own opinions, I think everybody's pain receptors obviously change throughout. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about early labor. Your contractions are there. You are feeling them. They're not, they might be painful, but they're not going to be as painful as your contractions in active labor. Mm -hmm. So say you get that epidural in early labor, your epidural is controlling those early contractions. Mm -hmm. So as your contractions get stronger, your epidural is like, hold up, I am (laughs) trying to keep up with your body and the pain that it's going through. So it just might take a couple extra of those boluses. Um, Typically we can get you to get back to a comfortable point, but there might be a time that you're you're feeling things again. Mm -hmm. Also, is if your cervix dilates super fast, Yep, that is the number one thing. You get your epidural, you have no pain, and all of a sudden you're like, what is happening? I am in so much pain. The first thing I want to do is check your cervix Mm -hmm. because you probably made significant change. Yeah. Sometimes you just need to keep up with it. Right. You just need to relax with that epidural, and some people relax, and your cervix just melts away. Yeah. And... There's Best case the scenario. <laughs> and there's the head, right? So yeah, so the fast labor, um, again, if you're getting it a little earlier, sometimes again, it can change. Um, and then you can bolus yourself, guys. Um, and then there's things that are called one-sided epidurals. Um, some people listening might have had one of these previously. Um, so basically what that means is you are numb and not feeling pain on one side of your body and you are feeling pain on the other side of the body. Um, sometimes this is the woman's anatomy. Sometimes it's the placement of the epidural. Um, and sometimes it's the baby's positioning. Like they have a shoulder smashed into one of your nerves or their head's kind of coming down crooked. Um, there's kind of different factors that can play into this. Um, I have seen them come up and just rebolus. Um, they, as in the anesthesiologist, rebolus the epidural. Um, I have seen our position changes just help with that. And then I've seen them replace it. Um, not super often, but I have seen that. And sometimes it makes a difference and sometimes it doesn't, guys. So there are times where, unfortunately, you get relief on one side and not on the other. Yep. So not the fun part of it, but we want to be truthful with you guys. Mm-hmm. And then I think the last thing I kind of want to discuss is where that baby's head is. So once that baby's head gets so low into your pelvis, it is possible that that epidural medication can't get low enough to those nerves to cover your pain. Um, Might not happen with everyone, might not happen with every baby. So personally for me, with my first one, all of this is my first one. (laughs) What the heck, Aubrey? Who is Um, is this, right? Um, So when her head got much lower, 
I could feel temperature. I could feel burning. Um, my midwife was like holding warm compresses on me, which like helped a ton. Um, and I could feel the ring of fire, which I would assume without an epidural would have felt 20 times worse, right? I'm sure. <laughs> um, but I could definitely feel stuff. And then I had my second and third baby and I could feel absolutely nothing when they came out. So it's really just dependent. And with my first, I pushed a little, a little longer. She was a little bigger and it was the first time my body was doing it. So I just felt a lot more like when she was actually coming out of me. Sure. So with all that being said, um, just be honest with your nurse. Let them know. If mm-hmm. you start to feel something, just give them a call. We are going to try to do everything we can to get you back to an epidural that is working perfectly. Yeah. Again, it's not always going to do it. We're not there trying to tell you, like trying to make it miserable for you. We are really trying to help, but mm-hmm. just sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't work the best. And then once all is said and done and baby is out and you are repaired, that epidural takes anywhere from one to three-ish hours to wear off. I'd say ballpark for pretty much most people. It's depend on how numb you are usually, but yeah, yeah, anywhere between one to three hours and you should be back to your normal getting up. You can walk around with a staff member. <laughs> Don't do it alone. <laughs> Yeah, um, get up with one of us for the first time. It is so much paperwork if you fall for us. <laughs> yes, and we do not want you guys to get hurt, right? So, like, I make people, I always call it the Oompa Loompa. I make them kind of, like, bounce in place a little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, my first question is, do you feel like you can walk on your legs? Because if you don't feel like that, we're not getting out of bed yet. Yeah, nope, not yet, guys. Um, so that kind of covers the epidural, if that is what you are intending to do. Um, and then that leads us to our next medication option um, at our facility, which is IV narcotics. Yeah. So an option at our facility, we do um, one specific medication. Typically, um, this is a part where you are going to be talking with your provider in clinic to know what the options are. Mm -hmm. Um, Our facility labors, we would like an IV in place for our labors. So that's kind of just a given when we come down to this pain medication. Mm -hmm. Um, But so... The pain medication that we can give, again, we said it, it's a narcotic. Um, Sometimes it doesn't make you feel the greatest. Um, Sometimes you can get sick on it. Sometimes you get lightheaded. Um, So wrapping back to baby not liking it either, you will be monitored. Mm -hmm. Baby will be monitored while you get this medication. Yeah. Um, We at our facility give IV fentanyl, and that sounds really scary, guys, right? Like, the word fentanyl, especially in this time, sounds really scary. It is not what you're getting <laughs> off the streets, people, okay? This is controlled. It is dosed by the pharmacist at our facility. It is meant, the right dose is meant for you for labor. Um, so I know a lot of people are a little skittish about using that or getting it. Um, but depending on how you want your labor to go, your plans for pain, um, it is a really good option. Mm-hmm. So this is a fast acting option. So we do want to touch on that. So um, you get the medication in your IV. It is going to wear off anywhere from like 20 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Um, And it's not going to, it's most likely not going to take the entirety of your pain away either. Mm -hmm. It is going to give you a decent relief. It's going to give you a great edge off. Mm -hmm. Um, And then within that hour, you are going to kind of be back to that same spot. So It is a great option if you are looking to get over a little bit of a hump. Mm -hmm. And as Kelsey had said, it can affect the baby, which is why we'll have the baby on the monitor. Um, But because it can, um, at our facility, we usually require a cervical check 
before we will give this medication. Um, kind of scenario depending if it's your first baby, if you've had fast deliveries before, um, can kind of put into some consideration there of when they would not give it to you. But typically around like seven to eight-ish centimeters um, is kind of where that cutoff is, where they're like, okay, nope, you're too close to delivery. We don't want to give this to you because it wouldn't be as safe for the baby once the baby's born because it could cause some respiratory issues with the baby when the baby's born. Um, so they will let you know when it's a safe time to get it versus when it is not. Yep. And um, just depending on when you get it, if sometimes it is an option to get a second dose. Mm-hmm. But again, very much person dependent. Yep. And just talking to your provider, asking them your options. I've seen people get this in early labor and then their plan is to eventually get an epidural. There might be a waiting period the anesthesiologist wants, but um, I've seen that. I know that people that have just delivered getting a dose of IV Mm -hmm. pain meds. Um, Actually, my sister unintentionally, (laughs) unintentionally did this. Um, She was waiting for one of her labs to come back, waiting for an epidural, and they gave her a dose of IV fentanyl where she delivered. She didn't deliver at our hospital, but... Um, yeah, she said she was feeling good and all of a sudden she was like, "Uh oh, something's different. And they were like, okay. And yeah, the baby was right there and she pushed and had her son and she loved it. So she, and that's an experience of she's had an epidural and she's had just IV pain meds and she actually enjoyed both of them. So, um, with the IV pain meds, you're not numb, you're not stuck in bed afterwards. Um, but again, like Kelsey said, very fast acting, um, only lasts for so long, and some people just don't like the feeling of getting an IV narcotic. It can also make you sick. Yeah. So that is the other unfortunate part about it. And then usually they will dose those a couple hours apart. Everyone's a little different on what they order and how they order things, but our typical is two hours apart. So if you're only getting pain relief for 20 to 30 minutes and you have to wait another hour and a half, might not be for you. That's okay. And it also might have been all you needed. So, and yeah, yeah you might Just be holding your baby, it. guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, that kind of wraps up um, IV narcotics. And then our third option for medication at our facility is called nitrous oxide. The dentist stuff. The dentist stuff. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. So, guys, you probably have heard of laughing gas. This is another term for laughing gas, the medical term, is nitrous oxide. So it is the same thing. The blend between the nitrous oxide and the oxygen is what is different. So I believe, I don't know what the blend is at the dentist, but I think you have more nitrous oxide I than you, you do. I think you do too. I think you are like way more kind of like looped out yeah. at the dentist. Well, I know that for a fact than you are right. in labor. So you for sure obviously still have to be in control. You are still controlling your labor and your body. Mm-hmm. Um, so nitrous oxide is fairly newish to our facility. We've only had it for a couple years now. Um, but what we have learned in those few years is it is a great option for taking the edge off. So this is not something that is going to take pain away. You are still going to full-blown feel your contractions, guys. Um, most patients that I have had that have liked it said it gave them something to focus on through the contraction. So they're still feeling pain, um, quite a bit of pain, 
but it gave them something to think about other than the fact that they feel like their body's getting torn in half, right? Yeah, so it's a huge distraction, essentially, mm-hmm. because what you're doing is getting a mask. It's, of course, like a little bit of a setup for us on our end, um, and then we are going to hand you a mask that you are putting over your mouth and nose. You are taking deep breaths in and out. Um, so as soon as you start to feel your contraction, you are going to bring that mask up to your mouth and nose. You are the one holding it. You have to be in control of it. Um, taking those deep breaths in and out. And then as your contraction ends, you can remove the mask and then you are no longer getting that medication. It is that fast acting. Mm -hmm. Um, And with any medication we are giving you in labor, we are always monitoring the baby. So you have to be stable enough to be able to hold it, control it yourself, and your baby has to be stable enough to tolerate you getting a medication. Um, So again, monitors are on you. Um, We're watching you closely. We're watching the baby closely. Um, and basically I have seen people use it for a multitude of reasons. I guess I've seen people use it in early labor until they get an epidural. I've seen people use it in active labor. I've seen just pushing and I've also seen after delivery just for a repair. So I would say I've seen pretty much anything that you can use nitrous for used. Um, but my best suggestion is if you are planning to deliver, the baby, either unmedicated or just using the nitrous oxide, I would suggest probably not using it in early labor Mm -hmm. because the chances of that pain medication, I would say maybe working, working effectively, I guess, for you throughout that whole entire labor process is kind of slim to none, Mm -hmm. okay? So thinking in your mind like this is taking the edge off, it's not taking the pain away, Um, if you're starting that when you're contracting like six minutes apart and only two centimeters, your labor is going to go however long it goes. It's hard to think that that's going to be enough through the whole labor. It could be, but I have never seen it. Nope. I was just going to say, you know, I have had it work for a handful of patients and it works so well for them, but it was definitely people like going in not really wanting anything or knowing that they would just need it towards the end. And it just kind of got them through those last moments because it can get so intense in the end Mm -hmm. that it was just, again, that nice distraction. Right. And I think like if ideal situation, so we talked ideal time to get an epidural, right guys? So ideal time to use nitrous is when you're like at those last few centimeters and you need to transition. Okay. So you're going through your transition and all of a sudden you're complete ready to push. I feel like that is like the sweet spot where I've seen it work so well for people. Agreed. Like, it just focuses you guys enough that you can calm your body, you let that cervix go away, and then it's time to push. And, like, I don't, I, there's something about when it's time to push that something just switches in a mom's brain that, like, you get to focus that pain out and away from your body, and, like, you just turn into a different person. Mm -hmm. So if you can use it in that scenario, guys, it works wonders, okay? If this is your goal to, like, limited medication or limit the interventions, This is a really great option if it's available at your facility. Yeah, which did we touch on the availability? Oh, no. Okay, so let's talk about that. So um, our facility currently, we only have, I think it's only five rooms. We Mm -hmm. only have five rooms that even have access to be able to set up nitrous, and we only have two machines. So with that being said, and I again, it's new to us in the last few years, so my guess is not every hospital in Minnesota or like in the United States even has this as an option. So make sure 
when you're at the clinic, if this is an option that you think you want to Mm -hmm. check with your provider. Our facility, again, it's first come, first serve. So you come in wanting it. Yes, we have the availability or option to do it, but do we have the availability? Right. Not always when we're busy. Yep. So So always have a plan B, guys, okay? (laughs) Like plan A should be the goal. That's the number one goal. Big, bold letters at the top of the page, right? (laughs) But always have a plan B just in case because you just never know. I feel like it hasn't happened that often that like, our machines are all being used, but I have seen it happen a couple I times and it stinks. Like it sucks mm. for you guys when like you have that set in your mind and all of a sudden like, oh, I can't do that now. Like mm. then what? Right. So it's always good to like kind of be a little more prepared um, and thinking of a second option if you need yeah. it. And then I'm going to rewind on one more thing. Um, just kind of it's not kind of a risk to nitrous. Um, so not everybody feels good on it. It Mm. can make you kind of lightheaded. It can make you nauseous, kind of like the last two things we've talked about. Um, But it might just not be what you think it's going to be. Yeah. And you are going to want to be done with it after a couple of breaths. That happens a lot. It's Mm. not a good feeling sometimes, but that's not for everybody. Um, Another thing I know Krista kind of talked about baby not liking um, certain things. Um, Again, if baby doesn't like nitrous, we actually have to have you stop using it. Mm -hmm. So... Again, that comes into like this plan A and plan B. It might be working good for you and baby is not loving it. So, yep. So always keep that in mind that our goal as nurses is to follow your plan, do what you need to do, but keep you and your baby as safe as possible the whole time. Exactly. So, um, so that will kind of wrap up kind of our three medicated options for us at our facility. Um, obviously there are all sorts of low intervention options that you can use during labor, um, which we are going to have an episode guys on low intervention labor and discuss those kinds of things, um, with you guys. Um, but low intervention, so that can be things like using a tub or a birthing ball. Those kinds of things can be really good in early labor too. So even if your goal is to get an epidural, Um, listening to our low intervention episode might be great for you for those early labor things because some people are in early labor for days and it's no fun. So yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Um, we'll discuss that more in the future. Um, so last few things I kind of want to touch on before we kind of let you guys go, (laughs) um, is I just want to remind everyone that every single person is different. Okay. Your pain is subjective. Your pain is how you feel it, when you feel it, and how you feel it. So if me and Kelsey are in the same labor, the same exact pain right now, I might rate them a 10 because I'm a big wimp, and Kelsey (laughs) might rate them a 6 because she's a little tougher than I am, right, guys? Which is okay. My 10 is her 6, and that's fine. It doesn't mean anything. Whatever you tell us your pain is, that's what your pain is, okay? Um, So don't kind of get defeated or bummed that somebody else had this easy breezy labor for five seconds and pushed a kid out and said it was not bad and you're three centimeters and you're bawling your eyes out okay Mm -hmm. everyone feels pain differently and it's okay for you to have a different labor than somebody else in a different labor than what you thought it was going to be yeah I love that you bring this up pain is so subjective so again don't feel like you can't ask for something. Mm-hmm. Just be honest with yourself. Be honest with us. We are always going to try to provide you with the best option possible for you in the moment that you're experiencing. So Exactly. Um, so yeah, that kind of covers our pain management, guys. Um, if we missed anything that you wanted us to touch on or if you have any specific questions, feel free to hit us up via our email or our social media um, and we can get back to you. 
Um, but other than that, we thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for our next episode coming soon. Thank you so much, guys. <laughs>